The Culture Guy Podcast. Today with a relationship episode. And also a language episode. And even an Eastern European episode. everybody this is Christian also known as the culture guy and this is the culture guy podcast today I have a special guest with me she's been featured on our website before and now we get to actually hear her Today, I have the pleasure of introducing to you Miss Carmen Ring. also um, seen that we've done a video summit several months ago and we decided to do a little marketing gag together again a little little fun collaboration and we thought or Carmen that was actually Carmen's idea she thought why not um, find the next guest for the culture guy podcast through a little competition a little contest so what carmen is asking you guys to do and she's asking her network of people to do as well send carmen a story about your business that involves a success or a challenge a funny or an interesting experience which is a result of being international, being an international global business. Maybe you worked with a foreign customer and had some communication obstacles, or maybe you traveled abroad for business purposes and met some amazing people, or goofed while you met some amazing people and culture just and culture and language became a hurdle for you that stood in the way of an immediate success. If you have a cultural fool moment, then Send Carmen an email and send it. Um, I'll give you the email address and we'll mention it in the show notes as well. Uh, send it to Carmen at Best Interpreting. That's the, um, the website of her business. Best Interpreting is one 
word, no dashes or hyphens or anything. Carmen with a C, Carmen at bestinterpreting.com. Just send her your favorite cultural fool moment stories and Carmen and her team, and I think they'll include me as well, we will pick the winners and the overall winner of that competition will be our next guest on the Culture Guy podcast. Isn't that awesome? I think so. She thinks so. And here's our conversation that we had earlier. Um, and I don't only uh, I didn't only bring Carmen onto this podcast because of her um, linguistic skills and capabilities, but also because she lives in a or an intercultural relationship. And she'll tell us a little more about this during the interview. And um, those of you who follow our Facebook page, the Culture Guy Facebook page, or follow our Twitter, or my Twitter, that is, um, you've seen me post about making mixed culture marriages work or making intercultural relationships work. And it takes more than just combining one and one. There is an added layer, or several layers, in fact, that can add to the complexity of being in a relationship. And Carmen is, is, is a great example for that. So without further ado, let's hear what Carmen and I were talking about. Hello, Carmen. Carmen Ring, or can I still say Carmen Tranda Firescu? <laughs> we can just stick with Carmen. Okay, stick with Carmen. All right. So, Carmen, um, as I told our listeners already, you hail from Romania, hence the Tranda Firescu, that's your maiden name. And now you live in the United States, and now your married name is Ring. So, um, a Romanian in I think upstate New York, right? That's where your current home base is, right? That's right. So how did you get from Eastern Europe to New England? What happened? I left, uh, well, I always had this passion of traveling and seeing the world and getting to know other cultures. And I'm not sure if it's because I grew up in a country that for a long time was under communism, so traveling was not an option. Mm -hmm. So you know how people get to be tempted to have what they can't have. I don't know if that's why, but ever since I was a kid, I always wanted to travel and to see the world. So when I, I went to college in Romania, they had this scholarship program and I applied to get scholarships. I got a scholarship and my first moving out of Romania place was France, where I got a scholarship to go study. Um, and from there, I applied to another internship, which brought me to the Netherlands and then to Germany. So for about four years, starting 19, um, I lived in uh, many countries from Europe and I loved it. Every single place I would go, I say, you know what, this is where I want to live. This is where I want to stay. And then I would find another tempting opportunity to see another country and I would just follow it. And every place I went, I said, this is where I want to stay. And then every time I would find something even more tempting and moving around. <laughs> and it was definitely um, a lot of challenges with the culture. Um, and I can share some stories, you know, when I had challenges or when I made some mistakes. Yeah, that would be nice. I think the, the big part of it was that, um, and the reason why these challenges didn't take me down is because my curiosity and my excitement was always um bigger and 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 more important than the challenges that i had and i remember one time i was in the netherlands and um well first of all in romania we have a lot of hungarian speaking people right. 
right. And uh, I was in the Netherlands and, and somebody, one of my colleagues from work says, listen, I know this other guy, he's from Romania, let me introduce you guys. And I'm like, oh, that's great. Let's meet somebody from Romania. Mm-hmm. And I met with him and um, he wasn't speaking Romanian. He would only speak Hungarian. And at that point, you know, I was very surprised. This was one thing I didn't know about my own country. I knew we have a lot of Hungarian speaking people, but I didn't know that they only speak Hungarian. I thought that because they live in Romania, they also speak Romanian. I thought they were bilingual. So I was very surprised. And and I didn't know this either. So so there are parts in, I would assume, Northwestern Romania uh, that share or that are close to the Hungarian border uh, who are, that are pockets in Romania that are Hungarian speaking only. There is no bilingual area. And and not not even close to the Hungarian border. This guy was actually coming. There's a region in the middle of Romania. It's right in the center in Transylvania. Really? So it's right in the center of Romania. Interesting. And yes, so they only speak Hungarian because they have the school, the church, everything is in Hungarian, I think. And so I was so surprised and then whatever we moved forward, you know, it was like a five, ten minute conversation. But then the next the next day at work, my colleague said, you know, Carmen, you made a very bad impression over there. And my friend was mad at me that I even brought you there. Oh. And I said, what happened? He said, he, when you showed so much surprise that he didn't speak Romanian, he felt you insulted him and you feel superior to him because you do speak Romanian. And you felt you you gave the impression that you feel better than him, and you made him feel very inferior to you. So obviously, this was not my intention. At any point, did I mean to to insult that guy? It's just, I guess, the way I expressed my surprise and my you know my lack of knowledge, my lack of knowledge about my own country, brought me um, you know to make a bad impression in front of those people. So sometimes it's simply um, ignorance or just not being informed enough that can give the impression of um, well arrogance or or superiority as, as, as that person thought um, how did you recover from that I didn't I never had the chance to see that guy again and to apologize but I did take the lesson from it yeah. and um, I took the lesson that well first of all always you know get informed and if not do not show so much surprise or just be open to learning and express my feelings, you know, be more open and say, oh, tell me more about it instead of saying, oh my God, I can't believe you don't speak Romanian, which is probably how I said it. <laughs> so I just tell us to be more um, mellow, if I can, you know, if yeah. that's the proper word to use, and just be more open and let the other person talk more instead of me expressing, you know, such a rough, um, such, such a rough opinion or yeah. exclamation. Or to him, it sounded like an opinion, whereas for you, it was basically a surprise, and you, your surprise, he, he probably misunderstood. So, yeah. um, you you left Romania at the age of nineteen. Some would say, at nineteen, you're not fully developed as an adult, so you're still in 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 a growing up period of of your life, and you came into Western Europe that at this point was not too familiar with people from Eastern Europe. The Iron Curtain had come down a few years before that, and 
all of a sudden people from Eastern Europe had a chance to come to Western Europe. Did you ever feel like people in France or in the Netherlands or in Germany treated you at an arm's length or with some suspicion because you you came from Eastern Europe? Unfortunately, I did, especially in um, in France. But and I want to say this. Um, I don't know if maybe it, it was because we have in Romania um, we have a lot of you know legal problems with um, the people called gypsies, mm -hmm. and a lot of them go to these countries and they cause problems over there too. So right. a lot of the people say you know they associate Romanian with causing problems like with stealing, with mm -hmm. you know little crimes, not major crimes. Nobody goes there to be a serial killer or something. So this major. Yeah. Major crimes that make life uncomfortable. Yeah, so for, I for, did for, have... for, for those listeners who are not familiar with the term gypsy, um, in, in, in Europe, in Eastern Europe, there are two, let's say, tribes, two peoples, the Sinti and the Roma, who are traditionally nomadic people, and they have always roamed the lands of Eastern and Central Europe, and they, to some Western Europeans, they have become notorious for these petty crimes, and there is a stereotype associated with the Sinti and the Roma, that all of them are crooks, and all of them are thieves, and all of them train their children to be pickpockets, which, of course, there is evidence that gives credence to these stereotypes, however, not every Sinti and Roma is that way, so that is a stereotype that you had to fight as a Romanian, correct? I did, and even though in my in the close environment where I was, like my office or my school, this never happened because I was surrounded by educated people who would know the difference and who won't even judge somebody just by a story, but they would just wait to interact with the person. So in my close environment, I never had this issue, but just more in the country, like when traveling, maybe, maybe in some uh, tourism offices or on the street. And I think this was the thing, when I came to US, I never ever had this issue. I don't know if because US people don't know about the gypsies, the Romanians and all that, but I never had this problem, which is probably why I finally said, this is where I want to be and this is where I stayed. I, I felt very welcome when I came here. Well, it's uh, let's put it this way. Uh, Europe has never had to systematically um, come to terms with mass immigration. They're now seeing some something of that nature with with the refugee crises and and let, let's say France and Italy and and Spain and Portugal have had their share of immigration from northern Africa however the United States have as a country been founded upon immigration so feeling more welcome as an outsider in the US is probably easier than it is in rural Germany or in rural France right Yes, correct. So today you speak seven languages. Um, that is impressive. I, I barely speak two. So how did that happen? Well, the way it happened is, first of all, the, the school system in Romania is built in a way where it encourages to learn languages. So we start the first language somewhere in kindergarten or six, seven years old. And then by age nine or 10, the second language is added to the curriculum. That's the mandatory curriculum in school. And then by high school, then you get to pick if you want to add a third language or if you want to go more towards like mathematics, uh, computer science and stuff like that. But besides that, and that's because Romania is such a small country that in Europe, 
there are so many languages, you know, we need these languages to be able to travel two hours by plane. Because you, you go on a plane in Romania, you land, and it's another language speaking. Right. So we need this. That's why probably it's, they are built in the school system. But also my parents, my parents didn't speak any other language, and they said they missed so many opportunities. My parents are both intellectual. My mom's a judge. My father was a police officer. And they had chances of promoting and of going to be, my mom could have been maybe a judge in the Supreme Court in Brussels or something. But she missed on all these opportunities because she, she never spoke any other language. Mm. And she said, I don't want you to miss on opportunities. So they actually hired a lot of private tutors for me. So I had a tutor for French, one for English, one for German. They said, if, if there's a skill we would like you to have for your future is speaking languages. And then you can decide what you want to do with these languages anywhere in the world. So I'm very, very grateful for their vision. And I started learning them at a very young age, which helped you know, to implement them and to really master them. Were you were you open to that as a child? Because I'm, I'm, I'm seeing it with my children. I'm, I have two daughters are 11 and 14. And well, one of them isn't particularly excited about studying a foreign language, even though she grew up with two different languages, she still, she struggles with French. So has that been a struggle for you or did you accept that as a child? I loved it as a child. I loved it because I always had this thing of going to travel and I was watching TV and in, uh, in Romania, all the movies and there's no such thing as double, you know, the voices, voiceover. It's yeah. everything with subtitles, so we get to hear the, the native language of the actor. So I was like, if I ever want to travel and speak to people like this, I, I got to speak their language because I'm sure they won't speak Romanian. And for those of you, the listeners who don't know, Romania is, even though it's in Eastern Europe, it is basically a linguistic island. Surround, and Rom Romanian is a Romance language, probably the closest living language to the original Latin and Romania is surrounded by Slavic languages and by Greek and by Turkish. So by default, Romanians had to learn a foreign language to be able to trade with their neighbors, right? Absolutely, yes. So it, what, what was your first language that they taught you in school? Was it French? In, in school was French. I took some English in kindergarten and then English didn't come back till middle school. But uh, when, at age six in first grade, I started with French, yes. Okay. And then English and German came at the same time. And then Dutch as I moved forward and Italian and uh, and now and then I just developed a passion myself too, you know. Now I have on my to-do list to learn Russian. Oh. Wow. Well, I'm I'm as I said, I'm impressed. And you made this your business, right? So you you own a, a translation service business. What is your typical what is your typical client? My typical client, uh, you know, I don't have a typical client. So what I do is, um, my personal business um, is dedicated to entrepreneurs to help them take their message across the language barrier. So if they have a product or a service, and I work with a lot of authors and coaches that want to get their packages out there and, and reach uh, an international audience. I also work with the emergency services, you know, the ambulance, when they have a patient that doesn't speak English, you know, they call me. I work with 911. I work with um, credit card companies. Um, so I work with a variety of clients, but I'm, I specialize in my passion is I love working with entrepreneurs and helping them take their mess message across and reach international audiences. Beautiful. And I'm, I'm sure that 
in in this day and age where every mom and pop shop is has now the potential to be a global business with in, well global distribution networks and supply chain management it is easier than ever and probably also more uh, required than ever to look outside one's own native market and, and venture abroad and services like the one you're offering are, are critical for, for being successful in that respect. Absolutely and especially when we talk about US we don't even have to go international to need a language. There are so many Spanish-speaking communities or French-speaking communities inside the U.S. Mm-hmm. Right, right, and and especially in well, you are in upstate New York. Um, yes, you have your share of of Spanish-speaking populations, but most businesses in in northeastern United States if they have never been to the southwest or the southeast they're not aware of how much spanish there actually is um for those of you who have ever been to southern florida or to southern california if you're in the service industry you don't have a job if you don't speak spanish because half of your clientele will not understand you so it is even though there's a lot of people in the United States who would say, well, we speak English here, this is an English-speaking country, I'd like to remind you, the United States does not have an official language, and even though English seems to be the default, there is many other languages that are still spoken, both in public and inside the home. So your service is critical, Carmen. Thank you, Christian. Thank you for the appreciation. So one one other reason why I was looking forward to having you on this program was I posted something on our Facebook page a while ago about the challenges and opportunities of living in a relationship that combines partners from different cultural backgrounds. And we've known each other for a while and, and you basically jumped on that opportunity and said, well, here I am. I'm, I live in such a relationship. So you're a Romanian lady who is married to a gentleman from... U.S. So is he from New York or is he from... He is from New York. He was born and raised in New York. Okay. So tell us about that. How, how is that challenging and or exciting to be a Romanian married to an American? And first of all, I want to say, uh, before getting any examples and, and stuff like that, I, I want to say that for such a relationship to work, one must be not tolerant with the other um, person's customs and habits and mentalities because tolerance is only going to take you so far. One must be excited about that and excited to discover new things and and happy for these challenges, not tolerant because tolerant is only going to take you through what, one year of marriage? <laughs> okay, uh, I'm, I'm like, that, that will be... I will I will frame that statement and I'll hang it. We should sell that as as a merchandise. This this is excellent. Tolerance will only take you through the first year. Excellent. So um, I must I must say when I came here, you know, um, starting with our wedding, that we combined our wedding had habits from um, the Jewish religion. My husband is Jewish, and habits from the Romanian uh, tradition. Um, there was one sad thing that happened. Unfortunately, my mother-in-law, she, she's a wonderful lady and we have a great relationship and she helps with the kids and everything. It's just, she's, she's a strong follower of her religion, so she did not attend our wedding because I was not of a Jewish religion. So um, that was the only, thing, the only sad thing that happened. But um, other than that, we, we I made some compromises. And there was this one habit of the wedding that 
it's part of the Romanian tradition where in the middle of the wedding, the bride gets stolen by her friends and then the friends come back with the shoe to the groom to prove that they have the bride and then just negotiate to take her back. And my husband said, absolutely not. If somebody comes to the the bride was stolen, half of the guests are going to call the police. Yes. <laughs> And, and we talked about this before. We in in my part of Germany, where I'm from, we have a similar tradition that the the, the bride gets kidnapped, and and the groom or the party of the groom have to pay the ransom. It, it often involves a lot of alcohol. So is 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 that the same in Romania? It's similar, or it can go, you know, based on whatever the kidnappers want. They are allowed to request, you know, alcohol or. Uh, um, if the groom owns, let's say, like a vacation home somewhere, they'll just ask for like a weekend away or stuff like that. There you go. Um, but yeah, so my husband said before half of the people are going to even realize it's a joke, they're going to call the police. So we can't do that. So, so to, today you married two traditions. You, you, you live a Romanian tradition, I guess, to a certain extent, and you also live... Uh, American or New Yorkan traditions, how, how does your Romanian side show up in your day-to-day -day in the relationship? When, when I'm here, it, um, for example, with my kids, um, I, I insist that my kids do things a certain way. For example, with the languages, I insist that my kids are going to learn the languages, even if they're not excited or they don't like it. And my husband might think, he approves of that. Um, but he might think that, oh, it's more important to send them to maybe vet school or stuff like that. I say, well, they can do whatever school they want, but I want them to learn the languages. Um, I, and then I uh, you for that. The and then the food is so different. My husband is the only one who cooks in our house because he doesn't like the kind of food. Of yeah, so many dressings. Well, we don't really use dressings at all. It's just vinegar and oil mm -hmm. and while here all the barbecue is barbecue sauce and sauce and dressing and Caesar salad and Italian dressing and so many dressings yeah. my parents when they come here they make their own food and they eat for like five weeks the same thing that they're able to cook because they cannot get used to this kind of food <laughs> <laughs> they just me of buy they make french fries and uh, you know they buy some meat from the from the supermarket and they just grill it and that's it that's all they eat for five weeks wow but again, like I said, you know, they're always excited to come here and they even make fun of us when, when we eat like that. So it's always something to be uh, excited about. And then when, when we go to Romania, my husband is, again, always excited. And he's always, he says, what can we buy to your parents as a present? It, it must be something that's not very common there, but they would like to have. So he's always thinking about, you know, he's not, let's just buy them a present, uh, you know, a, a sweater or something. He always thinks about this cultural thing and he's excited to say, what can we get them to, to get them excited? It has to be something that's not very common there and that we have here and that they would enjoy. So he, he's become also uh, attuned to the fact that um, there are two different mentalities that are being combined. You, you're bringing not together two people only, but you're bringing together two families from two different backgrounds, and he's just a, as much aware of it as you are. That's beautiful. Yes, and he loves it, and he learns some words, you know, some basic words, because he wants to, to get along with people, and then he learned, he actually started learning about the cooking habits and the kind of drinks they like, so, you know, he wants to, when they come here, he wants to welcome them as, as much as he can with their own traditions, and um, as I said, he's excited about it. It's not just being tolerant, it's about... 
yeah the excitement is it will carry you much farther than the, the tolerance will that that is such a great advice Carmen and and, and thank you for for sharing your story with us and with, with our listeners we will make sure that the audience can find you um, you can go to carmenring.com and I will post all the other avenues to find you you've got a Twitter handle and is there anything else that you would like to send them to like the uh, just like uh, encourage everyone who is thinking about a relationship yes it's totally doable it's fun exciting and um, I would say go for it because nowadays you will be in an international relationship no matter what, even if it's not your spouse, you're definitely going to have a co-worker, a friend, a friend of a friend, you will meet intercultural people. Yes, thank you for that. Um, you also um, told me that you would like to offer our audience a free complimentary 30-minute consultation call with you when it comes to setting businesses up for international success. How do people best get in touch with you uh, to, to have that consultation call with you? Yeah, so if anybody in our audience is thinking about taking their product or service in front of a foreign market and just doesn't know how to start, how to get started, uh, they can go on my website, which is my name, CarmenRing.com and uh, a small pop-up is going to come on the screen and you can just book an appointment with me it's put in the notes that it's uh, you heard it through christian's podcast mm -hmm. and um we can get started we're going to have 30 minutes and we're just going to discuss what market you want to reach what's your product how we can adapt it to that market and then uh what the next steps are from there that is awesome that is very generous of you thank you very much i'll make sure to post all that in the show notes so people know where to find you if you're driving right now i've said this before in previous episodes if you're driving do not take notes wait till you stop and look at the show notes and then follow the links carmen thank you so much for being available and uh, i know you've been taking time away from your well is it still a newborn but you you're your very young baby boy so th thank you very much for for making yourself available um, and sharing your story with us thank you so much for having me christian thanks and good luck to all all your endeavors and, and uh, stay warm this winter you too bye bye carmen ring from new york via romania via well, half of Europe. And just to avoid confusion, you can find Carmen's website on two different uh, URLs. One would be CarmenRing.com. That would be one word, no dashes, hyphens, dots, or anything. Carmen with a C and ring as the one that you put on a finger. CarmenRing.com, which will automatically redirect you to her business website, which is called Best Interpreting. Also, BestInterpreting.com. And if you want to take advantage of the generous offer, if you want to consult with Carmen for 30 minutes to find out how your business, how your materials, your website can be fine-tuned for international business by transcribing it, by localizing it, just mention that you um, were sent to her via the culture guy. Make note of that in the email that you sent to her and she'll serve you for free. How is that? Thank you.
what I said in the beginning of this episode. If you feel like you want to be on this episode, if you want to be on this podcast, if you have a story to share, send it to Carmen at bestinterpreting.com because she's got this contest going on. She and her team will define the winner, will make sure that the most interesting stories get told on this podcast. And in the meantime, go check us out online, theculturemastery.com forward slash blog, where you find not only our blog entries, but also all the show notes of this podcast and previous episodes. Go find us on Facebook, like us, comment, share. It's facebook.com forward slash the culture guy. And of course, there's Twitter. My Twitter handle is Hufele, H-O-E-F-E-R-L-E. You'll find it in the show notes. Remember, sharing is caring. Go spread the word. Tell your friends about it. If you like what you hear here, share it on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on Twitter, on Instagram, whatever you use, Google+. Tell the world about the Culture Guy Podcast. And until then, see you next time, hear you next time, and remember, always trust your process.